Well, I have two, one of which involves a company here. I was with a company called Delmed, and uh, as the uh, control of the company, they sent me out to do some due diligence on hemanetics, where Delmed was in the blood bag business, home dialysis, and so we, <laughs> they sent me down the road. We were lo located in the Canton. They sent me down the road. I went in there, and I looked at this, like, what I thought was World War II's technology, going, what the hell? <laughs> Why the hell am I here? And who <laughs> thinks this is a good idea? So... I had the opportunity way back in, you know, back in the 80s to uh, maybe pick up hemanetics and the genius that I was. I said, this, this place has no shot. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> so you're right here taunting me. <laughs> what about you, Brian? Worst mistake I ever made. I work for a guy named Stu Randall. Any of you guys know Stu Randall? <laughs> um, you know, I... I uh, is like, like so many of us, there's, there's so many um, uh, answers to that question. Um, uh, but probably the worst mistake I ever made was um, really sitting down uh, and, and uh, uh, learning early on uh, not to listen, you know, think, thinking you were smarter than your staff, right? When you start out, that you, you know this, you get this, you understand this, and you've got you know, eight people in the room uh, that are advising you uh, very differently. I learned uh, very quickly uh, to, uh, uh, instead of relying on what I'm good at, uh, really do an inventory of what I'm not good at, uh, and then surround yourself with people who are really smart and can do those things better than you. And, and uh, so, but, it, but, but I didn't figure that out in the first, first time. Um, in fact, there are some in this room that tell you I still haven't figured that out. But. <laughs> Manny, what about you? Oh, we don't have enough time to go over all the things that I have made mistakes on, but uh, it's amazing that we often see the vices that are brought to us, but unfortunately they're brought to you when the time is wrong. When you get on a rocket ship and you're trying to fly this rocket to the moon or any new project that you're working on, you're totally enthused, you're going to the to the moon, as, as we say. And new, new devices are brought to you, you always kind of make the mistake of rejecting them. I mean, I remember I had the opportunity to, to be involved with the very first stents that came along. And I said, no, let's forget about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then uh, even as we now have in the industry... Uh, uh, Tavi, uh, you know, transapical uh, or, or transfemoral uh, valves, percutaneous valves that are being implanted. I remember the, the guy who developed it coming to me and said, Manny, you could do this. And probably right, of course, I could have done it. But I was involved in developing a, a different valve and we were going to go to the moon. And we just didn't have the... We were too busy. We were too involved. We, were, we couldn't see... So I think the biggest mistakes that we, a lot of us will make is that when, when we are involved, and as you say, living it and really enthused about what we're doing and totally concentrated, we put on too many blinders and we don't see other opportunities. And so I know that I have turned down stents and I have turned down percutaneous where I could have been involved with the very, very beginning of these types of technologies. Carmichael? 
Uh, all right, I'll pick one. I think I was thinking about two or three. I pick pick one that wasn't mentioned. I was a first time young uh, entrepreneurial CEO, and I got a bunch of really great advice about all the do's and don'ts. And I knew at some point I was going to end up replacing myself because I, you know, I, I didn't have enough ex- quote unquote experience um, to uh, to run this particular medical company. And the biggest mistake I made was I assumed that in replacing myself, that what I should do is uh, allow my board, in particular my investors, without a lot of my input as to, as to who would come on and replace me. Uh, and because I thought, you know, I think this would be, you know, this is the right thing to do because of uh, the fact that I want to be, I didn't want to be branded as one of these crazy entrepreneurs who didn't let go. And, and so I just went way over to the other side and didn't even use common sense and figuring out that no one knows this company better than I do. And I'm, mm-hmm. no one wants the right CEO more than I do. And I think, you know, we wasn't good for the CEO that we brought on board, and it wasn't good for the company. And, I, you know, it took us three years to fix it. So, you know, there was, there was conversation going on when I was sitting at the table here about uh, comments being made about money and fundraising and things like that, how difficult it is, okay? And, and, and I can tell you that in, in all the companies that I've been involved with, uh, there was always a shortage of money. There was always impossible to raise money. Uh, uh, the market was going down. The market was this. The market was that. There's always that exists no matter when you start to try to raise capital if the market is at the top or the market is crashing on you in the bottom it's always that and i think you just have to at the beginning of the day say that's part of my job fundraising is part of my job and you have to do it and regardless of where it is on the spectrum of what the market is up or down okay and i think the investors, the ones that are looking at medical technologies and stuff like that, also have to recognize that it's always going to be difficult to develop a new product, particularly in the hostile uh, regulatory environment that exists not only in this country but in other countries as well. But if you don't accept that, then A, we won't have the products, and then, but more importantly for you, the investor, is that you will lose those opportunities. I mean, I remember going to a company, a major company, biggest one in the world, so you kind of identify who I'm talking about, and offering them the opportunity to buy St. Jude Medical for $25 million, (laughs) okay? The whole thing, not just a couple of hours, but the whole thing, okay? And they didn't see the opportunity, that's number one. And number two, it obviously was very difficult for me to raise money at that point in time that I was offering the company for $25 million. So those are the two points that you have to remember. It's always going to be difficult to raise money, and if you're not careful you will be losing opportunities in the medical field. Chuck, what was your biggest slip? Yeah, you know, there's a whole list, but um, 
You know, I think the biggest thing is, uh, and I can't really talk about it specifically because it's part of a public company, but, you know, a, a time when just uh, there's so much momentum and everybody wants to do a certain acquisition or deal, and, and you're the one sitting with maybe some questions that you think, mm, I have a few concerns about this, but you don't want to be the naysayer. You don't want to kind of bring everybody down and be the buzzkill, so you don't raise those questions and things move forward only to come up later that there are problems that you kind of had suspicions on at that point and you just didn't want to push the buttons because you felt like it would, you know, would slow down our process. And if you were wrong, then you'd look like the bad guy. And subsequently learned that, you know, you just have to speak up and, and be willing to put things on the line. If your gut tells you there might be an issue, you got to do it because later on it becomes your problem to deal with. And, uh, and, and you, you might have... Things might have still happened, but at least everybody would have been aware, and you could have planned for it. Great. We have two questions here. So, Thank you. Um, in the acute care space uh, specifically, we're seeing great price pressures on the ASP of your product lines. Uh, we're seeing IDN decision-making coming down, filtering down through the system, putting pressure on SG&A throughout the sales force and the clinical force out in the field. How is those those things affecting your business and does it affect your business and how are you dealing with it internally as we're trying to get some reductions in for the healthcare system overall? Yeah. Who wants to take that? You know, I mean, I can talk about just, uh, I've been at this company for two and a half weeks and it's a company, as Brad mentioned, with a pretty expensive product and it's significantly more expensive than other products in the field of prosthetics by orders of magnitude. And and there's lots of great things about the product and it really is revolutionary, but at the same time you have to be realistic about what what price point something can come in at. And then can you make it or how do you make it for that price point and just accept the fact that it's never going to be where you want it, but you've got to really think about how you get it there. And um, and be realistic because all these pressures are there. They're not going away. And no matter how great your product is, you're not going to get them to just change their whole philosophy about about payments. So it becomes a challenge. And so I'm now faced with coming into a company and saying, okay, we have to get the price down. And how are we going to do that? And um, and not everybody wants to do that. They like to think that it should be so expensive because it makes it seem better. But the reality is we can be better and still be cost effective. May I say something about your comments, okay? Um, there are situations where we cannot continue to think that way. Okay, if we continue to think that the price pressure will always be on top and going down and down and that you, 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 know, you, you can't develop something, I mean, it costs a certain amount of money to make this glass. Okay, that won't go away. Okay, and no one is going to want to make that glass unless we're able to make a living off of it, make some profit, et cetera, et cetera. We have to accept that, and that you have to promote. Okay, uh, I mean, it drives me crazy when I go to certain hospitals or certain countries, and and they say no matter what you say, we, we wanted half that price, or we wanted a third of the price, and all that. Okay, no matter what you said, well, I'm selling it to you for a penny. Well, I want it for a third of a penny. Come on, give me a break, will you? And 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 we can't do that. We cannot continue to do that. I I admire uh, 
how some companies have taken all of their resources and have said, look, we're going to develop this product and it's going to be costly and everything and, and we can't get away from that and we're going to try to make a certain amount of profit, et cetera, et cetera. But then garner all of their skills to say, how do we go to the buyers and convince them and convince the, the, the medical profession and convince the, the buying and the insurance and stuff like that, that it is worthwhile that, that you do save costs in the overall cost in the medical system. And, and I, I'm always amazed at the success that Medtronic and others have had with uh, percutaneous valves. I mean, we used to sell valves for, I remember when we started with St. Jude, okay, uh, I sold a valve at St. Jude for twice to four times what the, the top two valves in the world were at that time. And I came along at double or quadruple the price, depending on which one of the valves were. And I remember a doctor actually grabbing my arm like this. He said, let me show you where the door is, young man, okay? <laughs> But we came back and hit him again and said, look, but this is going to be better and it's going to eventually save costs because you're not going to have to replace the valve in, in your patient. It takes a lot of effort, but we just cannot walk away and say, well, you can't sell it because everybody's going to say it's too expensive and all that. You can't do that. If you do that, we might as well go home and just close our doors and, you know, and uh, I don't know. I'm a champagne drinker, not a beer drinker, okay? It's as simple as that, okay? And uh, my products have always been the highest, the most expensive products. And I'm working with a product right now that, that I'm going in there and I say, Manny, you can't, you can't do it. But I'm sorry, we are doing it. You know, I got 600 patients walking around right now with, with our device. And yes, we get a lot of pressure. But I gotta just educate and say, look, it will be cheaper through usage, not through reducing the price.